Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the view from the opposition. This time it comes from Goodison Park. Newcastle head down there on Thursday to face Everton, who are in a bit of bother in the Premier League. I'm joined by the Liverpool Echoes, Christopher Beasley, who's one of the Everton reporters down at the Echo. Thanks, Chris, for popping onto the podcast. Hey, Andrew, you okay? I'm not too bad. I'm um, I'm in much better fettle uh, than yeah. I was at the turn of the year. And at that point, mm-hmm. Chris, uh, Everton were well above Newcastle in the Premier League table. We've flipped just uh, a few months, three months, and things are looking much more rosy for Newcastle fans mm-hmm. rather than Everton fans. What has gone so wrong for Everton? Well, there's a number of, of reasons, but I think if, if we just go back to that game at St. James's Park, I think that could be a pivotal moment for for two cl- for, for both clubs because it was sort of like a double whammy for Everton because not only did they lose Prem- uh, Frank Lampard's first Premier League fixture in charge, but uh, obviously you've got a better idea than this and myself, but it seemed to me they, they brought Newcastle back from the dead that night. That was the night that Newcastle had the new sense of Hope that you know they moved out the bottom three that night, and they've kind of not looked back um, since then. So um, not only did um, did they fail to pick up the points themselves, but they they brought um, a rival back into play there, and someone as you say has now moved uh, considerably above them in the table. Um, the big problem for Everton is a seeming like they've forgotten how to win football matches, which is deadly at this level. Um, I think that there should be more than enough talent within the squad, not only just to survive relegation, but to be nowhere near this current situation. But um, they, since, um, I, I suppose it could all go back to the 5-2 home defeat to, to Watford back in, in October. They were uh, they were 2-1 up about 12 minutes ago and just had an absolute capitulation losing that game 5-2. Because let's remember, they had started the season um, brightly under Rafa Benitez, and it's all gone backwards since then. Frank Lampard came in. There was a real feel-good factor when when he arrived and all the fans were willing to give him a chance. But at the end of the day, that's that's five defeats from six Premier League games now. And only goal difference keeping Everton out the, the bottom three. There are genuine fears now that this you know could be the, the first time in 71 years that, that Everton are relegated from the top flight. Jimmy Carragher said on Sky Sports that this was the biggest game in probably two decades for Everton, I think was a time scale he put on it. Is it is it that big in the eyes of Everton fans? Do you think? Yes, yeah, I, I think from 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 Everton's uh, point of view, um, it, it it was it was a must win. Um, when they had these two home games um, in, in a week, they looked at them and I, I think it was unrealistic for anyone to expect a team who'd won just one in nine to have back to back victories. But there was hope that. They could uh, could actually put a bit of distance between themselves and the bottom three. They had a bit of a charmed life over the past fortnight. I think there have been three separate occasions when Everton weren't playing that Burnley could have actually put them in the bottom three and uh, Burnley failed to do that, going down to late goals in a couple of those matches. So they've been lucky not to even drop into the relegation zone before the game and then losing to Wolves, who are obviously doing well, having a good season, but Everton had the, the better the chances the first half had looked the brighter two sides. Sucker punch early in the second half and no way back. That's four games without even a goal now for, for Everton. And uh, they desperately need a, 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 a turn, a change of form because they're, they're having an absolute wretched run at the moment. So, yes, from Everton's point of view, this really is 
a, a must-win fixture. I mentioned the turnaround, and I've got the, the stats kind of here. So when Newcastle yeah. drew 1-1 with Man United on the 27th of December, they were 19th on 11 points. Everton mm-hmm. were 15th on 19 points. And obviously now it's switched around with Everton down on, on 22 points, Newcastle on, on 31 points. It's, it is, it's a remarkable turnaround from Newcastle point of view. And that's mm-hmm. down to Eddie Howe. And, and when I've watched Frank Lampard's post-match press conferences, and you'll be able to tell me more, Chris, but I, I've watched them and it, and there seems to be a bit of a contrast to how Eddie Howe was when he wasn't picking up points. You know, yeah. he still seemed to come across confident, not arrogant, but confident that he would get it right. And then, I'm looking at Frank Lampard and I don't see the same thing. He seems to me anyway to be, I don't want to say defeatist, but already kind of, you know, thinking, how am I going to get out out of this? And he mentioned the other week about um, not having a magic wand and turning things around yeah. straight away. What is the feeling from someone who deals with Everton day in, day out? Is that, am I wrong in that assumption? Is it is it um, a, bit, a bit of in between perhaps? From what I've seen recently, um, he does seem to be getting... A bit touchy. Um, he has said from from the start. I mean, he came out with that line not to look at the league table for um, for a few weeks. Um, that that one was interesting. I mean, an indication that it might, it might have to get worse before it got better. But the problem is that after those initial um, shoots of recovery, there was a lot of encouragement from a couple of those home games. Um, Leeds United were bowled over three 0 and it was very emphatic performance. Um, Everton did all the right things there, but what you've seen is what happened to Leeds United since then has sort of firmly put that one into context. Um, the series of um, batterings that they they subsequently got and obviously cost Bielsa his job. So that one's been put in a bit to, into context. And there was even a lot of encouragement from the 1-0 home defeat to Manchester City, which was unfortunate in that Everton were denied a stonewall penalty towards the end of that game, which obviously got a lot of bluster. You know, let's not be naive for, for any sort of... Um, Everton point of view, that was because it affected a title race between Liverpool and Manchester City. But yeah, they were unfortunate on that day, but there was a lot of encouragement you could have taken from that performance and people were saying, well, if Everton carry on, if they play like that for the rest of the season, they'll, they'll be fine. But the problem is since then, they, they've gone backwards. They're absolutely, I was down there at Tottenham Hotspur, that was an absolute shambles. Started well again, but as soon as they, they conceded the first goal, heads dropped. And that seems to be the problem with this Everton team. It's not necessarily a, a lack of talent, although some would rightly say they have recruited woefully uh, with the money they uh, with the money they spent. And I suppose that's a that's a lesson to to Newcastle going forward because Newcastle will have plenty of money to spend, and you've got to spend that wisely. Everton haven't done that. They've not capitalised on that five year window since Farhad Mashiri came to the club, and um, they did just they, there seems to be no sort of backbone, no sort of a character within in the squad um, when they shown early in the season there was a couple of games when they fell behind to Southampton on the opening day and Burnley came back to win 3-1 but it's been a major problem over the last few years if they don't, if they don't score first then it's, it's almost like they don't have the character within the squad even though they've changed players um, to, to come back and, and to win games and that and that is the big concern because you really need that in, in spades if you're in a relegation dogfight which they very much are now Rafa Benitez was in charge and he got he got stacked and then Frank Lampard's come in. Have you seen an improvement since Lampard has come in to what was happening under Benitez or is it largely the same sort of thing week in, week out? 
there has been an improvement in terms of the way they're playing, but what, what hasn't happened is you've not had that new manager bounce and the sequence of results started off promising. Big win over Brentford in the FA Cup, 4-1. And like that, I said that aforementioned 3-0 win over Leeds United, but then that's been it other than a, when they sort of laboured to victory over Boreham Wood in, 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 the, in the FA Cup. Um, yeah, the thing was with Rafa, I know he's um, very popular up there with the Newcastle fans and what, what he did there. Um, in the end, with Benitez, although the Liverpool connections meant that he was desperately unpopular, and you know, he, I could have told you last summer it was a, an appointment that shouldn't have been made, but you know, it's all well talking in hindsight. The Liverpool connections actually became a side issue in the end. The, the main problem was this uh, this dreary, almost I've heard it described as zombie football that was being played, and ultimately the results. Well, then that's something that. Um, Lampard has tried to get them playing football. Benitez had said in December, almost like they can't pass the ball well, so let's not even try that. It's almost like uh, he wasn't willing to coach the players into improving the passing. But uh, Lampard has tried to play a more expansive style of play and get the ball down, but it hasn't produced those results yet. And it is concerning. People are now almost going the other way again, saying, well, we need to go back to being a bit more direct to, to, to get themselves out of trouble because... They were toothless again against Wolves at, at the weekend. And a big problem has been Dominic Calvert-Lewin, 21 goals in all comps last season. Scored um, just three goals all season. Um, hasn't scored since August, just once from open play all season. OK, he was out for four months till the turn of the year. But he's been absolutely stop-start since he came back in, in January. And when he has played, he, he, he's not been his old self. So, and she had uh, Richarlison leading the line at, on, on Sunday and he's only scored once in the last three months as well. Uh, how nervous is it going to be at Goodison Park on, on Thursday if Newcastle score early, if they just simply just put Everton under a bit of pressure? Mm-hmm. Uh, is a fan base going to get on onto on the backs of the Everton players or are they largely supportive and they kind of can see they're in a bit of bother and they need to you know back their team? Um, I think it's going to be very nervous, Andrew, regardless of if Newcastle score first or not. Um, I think even if Everton are 1-0 up, it's going to be nervous. Um, yeah, it's certainly something the visitors can exploit if they do get themselves ahead early. Um, that Leeds United game, I mean, I, I was there on the, the last day of the season, 94 and 98, the two times that Everton had to, to um, get results to stay up on the last day of the season. And there's almost an air of that in the Leeds United game, even though you know it was being played just over the halfway point of the season, um, that desperation. But that was it was different on Sunday. There was almost like a quiet resignation that a, a fan base almost resigned to their fate here because they seem to be just sort of losing any sort of hope from the players. We're going to give them a spark of inspiration or step up to the plate. I mean, it's been mentioned in recent weeks. I mean, Everton have had various relegation battles in the past, but they've always sort of come good and the characters have come through. There was 1999, Kevin Campbell um, went on that incredible scoring spree. They Everton had dropped into the bottom three on Easter Monday and I think Campbell scored nine in five games or something ridiculous like that to pull them out the mire. Somebody's got to do something like that this year, but there doesn't seem any likely candidates at, at this um, time. That, that you, somebody has got to emerge from nowhere almost to sort of pull pull them out because ultimately it's only the players who can be blamed because seven managers under Farhad Mashiri can't all be wrong. Um, they've all had various traits and another former Newcastle one, obviously Sam Allardyce, was, wasn't very popular at all, but... Um, 
bizarrely, Fireman Sam came in to save them from relegation. Got they went they were in the, finished his first week in the top half of the table and were never really in any sort of serious danger. Whereas this this is uh, this is messy now because I mean people have talked about Everton's fixtures between now and the end of the season. They don't look particularly kind, but even if they had what would appear to be a favourable run, the fact that they're on such a wretched run is it um, one win in nine, two wins in twenty. That's absolutely relegation form. 100%. And you mentioned there the lessons that Newcastle could maybe learn from Everton in terms of spending money. But I guess the other lesson as well the owners could potentially take from how Everton have done is, is the constant change in, in managers. I mean, it, it's been quite yeah. the turnover. And at Newcastle, you know, it was taught that Eddie Howe would be the first stage and then you'd get your, your next level manager in. But it seems the owners are very uh, open to him being the long-term manager at the, at the head of the project, which is a, it can only be a good thing. And I guess the contrast to Everton is that they have had a constant stream of managers over the last few years. Yeah, I mean, like we said, Mashiri um, came into the club and as often happens when you have to take over, the, the, the old manager went. I mean, but that was um, that was Roberto Martinez. And uh, to be fair, that was one that was driven by the supporters. Um, and it was very... Um, I mean, he's a lovely fella, but um, he, was, he also had the sort of reputation of win more friends in football matches. So he went with Ronald Koeman, the big name, as, as, as Mr. Mashiri said at the time, was describing the Northwest as the Hollywood of football. He wanted a big name to go with that. Koeman, a decent first season. Things went badly very quickly in his second year. Um, he was one who was almost seen as like, um, Everton was just another job for him. Wasn't, he was quite a cold character, wasn't particularly popular. Again, I've mentioned Allardyce. Um, brand, the football playing was just so attritional, so he only lasted um, less than a season. When they went the, the other way, Marco Silva, more expansive approach, young manager, but then ultimately job seemed too big for him and he got he got the bullet when he was in, in the bottom three in December. And then he seemed to be very fortunate to get Carlo Ancelotti, you know, a stellar name who'd won it all, who just who came... Um, became available at a time that Everton had a vacancy. The hope was that Ancelotti would be the one who would have that stability and that um, long, that sort of that stay in power. You know, we talked about staying at Everton to manage at the new stadium, which is due to open in 2024. And um, I suppose ultimately they, they've learned from Ancelotti's past track record other than when he's been at Milan, he hasn't stayed anywhere longer than a couple of years. And the law of Real Madrid, um, Proved too much, and you know, in retrospect, can can you really blame him? Maybe he saw the writing was on the wall for Everton this season with financial play restrictions, and there he is. He looks like he's going to win La Liga, and he's still doing well in the Champions League. Um, so perhaps he he could see it coming with Everton and, and the problems that they were maybe facing this year. Like I say, Benitez, hugely controversial appointment, but ultimately it was the results who cost him. And confidence is a massive thing, isn't it? Eddie Howe was spoken about how when Newcastle were thumped 3-0 by Leicester in early December, the away fans were still singing, they were backing, you know, backing the side. And, and the fans have always with with I mean, obviously they've been helped by the takeover, change in ownership, and you know, yeah. but even when things were going very wrong, well not weren't going um swimmingly under Eddie Howe, he only won one game and first so many, you know. It was like a party atmosphere, and then they beat Burnley, and then you know it was like they'd won, um, like they won a cup. I was in, I was in yeah. the uh, end for that, and I was one of those yeah. celebrating like we'd won the FA Cup. And I'm just wondering, in contrast to, to um, you know, 
to how the feeling is, not just within the fan base at Everton, but the camp in, in general, because you always felt there was still a confidence within the Newcastle squad. Mm-hmm. And I've mentioned Eddie Howe, uh, how Eddie Howe was sounding as well. What's like, do you think, within the camp at Everton? They, they seem very confident. In, um, I was speaking to Anthony Gordon just a week ago, one of the, the young players, just turned 21. Um, I spoke to him a couple of times this season. He was telling me about, uh, last time I spoke to him, um, how he'd had that loan spell at Preston North End next se- last season and how you know he did. He definitely didn't want to go back to the Championship. It was a bit of an eye-opener for him about uh, the, what it's like between that and the Premier League. And then this week he was asked, you know, no, are you concerned that Everton will be relegated? He was absolutely adamant. No, he doesn't fear that at all. So you're on the one fa- on the one hand, you think, oh well, at least the players are confident and they feel they can get themselves out of it. But on the other hand, you're wondering, are they totally naive? Is there a massive shock coming their way here? Because I tell you now, a lot of the fan base are very concerned. Um, you've got people, you know, that's it's the question on everyone's lips when I when I see people. My own children asked me the question, Dad, are Everton going to get relegated? I left the Echo office yesterday at the end of the day at five o'clock. The man on the front door, he said to me, are they going down? Everyone's asking that. The fan base are frightened to death at the moment. And a lot of them are actually resigned to the fact because they just fear that this bunch of players are so spineless. They've got no sort of backbone and no sort of character to dig them out. That They're almost resigned to their fate. So you just wonder whether the players are going to get a massive shock over these next couple of months if they don't get themselves out of it. Because let's let's be fair here, even if Everton do pull it off now, it's it's disgusting. This 22 points from 26 games from this squad. I mean, it's appalling. You used to say 40 points to stay up. I mean, the top teams are a lot more dominant now, so you probably stay up with a much lower total than that. But the fact that they're on the, in this position now and we're even talking about this now, it's it, it's it's appalling, really. If, if Everton save themselves, it's going to be no celebrations. And match. I mean, I mean, if it comes down to the last day, and it might do, it might be you know relief on the day and celebrations on the day. But it certainly can't be a, a party that they're anywhere near this position. But yeah, they, they, it is it's a tough one, and not just Newcastle on on Thursday night. They've got pivotal matches. They've got to go to both Burnley and Watford away from home, and they'll be real tests of character. Yeah, especially that Burnley one as well. You know, with mm-hmm. the game. They're, they're, everyone, I think, thinks that's the one that's going to um, the team that might jump in and catch you guys. And mm-hmm. obviously, they've lost a few games, so that's helped um, Everton's position slightly. Um, in terms of personnel, mm-hmm. what are we expecting from Everton? Are we? Uh, how do you feel they're going to line up? Are, are you guys missing any key key players? Yeah. Um, it'd, be, it'd be interesting because he he went three four three at the weekend, which is the formation he started with against Brentford. And I think he started with it against Newcastle as well up there, but obviously they had injuries. To Ben Godfrey and Yeri Mina at centre back since then. So that sort of restricted him from playing that formation. He he moved back to that now that Ben Godfrey was back at, at the weekend. Um he'll have lost John Joe Kenny now with suspension. So that could either mean Michael Keane coming in like for like on the right hand side of a, a back three, or he may do what a lot of people want him to do is to restore three men in midfield, which means switch to a flat back four and go with an extra man in midfield. Alan's been playing um, in there for most of the season, but was on the naughty step and was uh, after Tottenham and was, he was dropped to the bench against Wolves. So there's a chance that if he does switch back to the 4-3-3, that Alan could come in in midfield. And then obviously there's, there's the issue up front. Um, 
Dominic Calvert-Lewin was was ill at the weekend. Um, he wasn't involved in the squad. Will he return? Richarlison has looked more lively up there, but I said that both of them are, are struggling for goals and, and struggling for form. So there are a few options that he could do. He could switch things around a bit. Right back, um, Seamus Coleman, like I said, they played the 3-4-3 at the weekend, so he was actually right midfield. But, you know, 33 years of age now, so in question marks over his performances, and especially when he's called upon to play twice a week and Everton have got that FA Cup um, quarterfinal on Sunday at Crystal Palace, although that's very much on the back burner. Unfortunately for Everton, the Premier League points take priority. Um, Nathan Patterson, they haven't seen him. Um, he's had half a game against... Boreham Wood in the FA Cup, big money signing from Rangers in January, so he could potentially replace Coleman. I probably don't think he will, but um, you know, it is one for Frank to con to consider. So that, that there are a few um, options in how we could how we could mix it up there. And obviously, ex Newcastle man Andros Townsend, he's not been getting the game mainly down to Anthony Gordon's sort of emergence in, in recent times. So the options, I think, the big thing for Everton is rather than personnel, but the the, the actual formation. Will will he go free for all three again? Or will he perhaps switch it back to a 4 3 3? And no chance of Salomon Rondon coming back to haunt Newcastle? I wouldn't imagine so from the start, unless something happens to uh, both uh, Calvert Lewin and, and uh, Richarlison. Um, see Rondon uh, bagged the brace against Boreham Wood in, in, in the FA Cup the other week and uh, got, uh, sort of pulled them out there. He, he's been one of those, um, perhaps a bit unfortunately. Um, sort of tagged with being Benitez's man, given that he played for him at Newcastle and, and Daily and Pro over in China as well. Player who'd done uh, well, as you know, he was player of the year, wasn't he, at Newcastle? Um, I think, was he first striker to get that since at the club? So, yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, um, after a slow start there as well, and he'd done very well up there. But after being in China, it took him a long, long time to get back up to speed. And uh, although he's, he seems to have shed a few pounds now and he's looking more mobile, it's just not really happened for him um, this season. It does offer an alternative off the bench if things are going badly. And perhaps some people are a bit surprised he didn't um, come on on Sunday. But yeah, I wouldn't imagine that he'd be there from the start unless unless there are problems to both the, the other strikers. So yeah, just in terms then, I'm going to ask you your, um, your score prediction in a moment. <laughs> but if Newcastle do win this game, which mm -hmm. I think a lot of Newcastle fans are confident they will do, and that's something Eddie Howe maybe asked it, contained within the Newcastle camp not to get ahead of themselves. You know, they might be nine points off the, the drop zone, but, you know, things can still can still turn. So I'm sure he's working on, on just keeping the players grounded. But if Newcastle do pick up victory against Everton, how devastating is that for, for the Toffees? I think that um, if that was if that was the case, I think um, the majority of the fan base would be fearing the worst and fearing that Everton's long um, tenure in the top flight could soon be coming to a close. Um, yeah, I, I really would fear that, that there would be widespread panic, almost resignation amongst the fan base that Everton would be getting relegated if they were to lose this particular fixture. And that's why it, it's it's a, a massive game. I mean, Obviously, Newcastle got that momentum now, and they want to bounce back after uh, after you know the, the result against Chelsea. I believe they were a bit unfortunate there, but I I think that this game actually means more for Everton. It's more of a more important fixture for, for Everton in that Newcastle have got that bit of safety buffer between themselves and the, and the, the, drop, the bottom three now, whereas Everton really just have to stop the rot. 
So you think that'll play in Seven Sands? And and if I asked you the next question, yeah. how is it going to go? Well, like I say it could go either way, couldn't it? Like we said that you know if if Newcastle do go ahead early, it, 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 I wouldn't say it could turn toxic, but it could um, the players, you know, the fans could be getting on 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 their backs. But the I'm going to base this prediction. And the, the factors I've just outlined there that it means so much for Everton rather than any sort of form because we could, you know, we both know that Newcastle are going into this fixture by far and away uh, in the better form of the two sides and Everton have been on an absolute wretched run. But given that it's so important for Everton, they've got to pull a, a, a result out from somewhere, might be a bit different under the lights than it was on, on Sunday afternoon. And, and based on that purely alone, I, I will go for a, a 2 1 victory for Everton. There you have it. I, I think Newcastle will get three points. I think the fact they they lost to Chelsea more because of uh, the VAR decisions rather than yeah. any fault of their own. They'll still be coming in this game in high spirits, whereas I think if they'd been a total collapse, I think yeah. it would have been a total different story on Thursday. So I think Newcastle will uh, will pick up another win and take another step towards safety. But a fantastic insight there into how Everton are doing and it's going to be a, an intriguing game to watch on Thursday. Chronicle Live will bring you live coverage through the live blog. Uh, live coverage will be over on the Echo as well from the Everton point of view. You can head over there um, to see uh, their build-up. And please remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider and uh, enjoy the rest of your week.